0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: I've made the little mistakes on the way through and I can hold these people's hands on the way through and, and, and avoid all those mistakes.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with Award Winner Property Investor of the Year, Sam Gordon. With a track record of building a property portfolio of over 20 properties under the age of 30, we hear about an amazing story of how he helped one of his clients achieve similar great success, where he sees the market heading in the future and much, much more. (music) To start off this episode, Gordon reminds us of his background and fills us in on his property investing journey.
1: I've been investing now for a little over 10 years. Uh, I bought my first property uh, back in um, November 2009, which is a little uh, two-bedroom unit uh, in Wollongong. And uh, I essentially um, renovated that one and lived in it for about a year and then then turned it into an investment, mate. And and kind of when I realized I could pull uh, equity, essentially equity out of that deal and recycle that into another one, I guess that's where I started learning more and more about uh, investing and got a little bit more serious about it. And from there, it pretty much grew, mate. And uh, within about two years of, of that first one, I bought it again. Uh, I did a small development for my next deal. And then I rolled those profits into uh, – and kept that deal, but then rolled those profits uh, through equity into into more high cash flow deals because that's what I essentially really needed in my portfolio. I was a very low income owner. I was only on probably about 40000 a year. So the high cash flow was really, really important to me. Um, and I went out and I purchased – and there was another four investments over the, uh, in a 12-month period, and they really boosted up my, my cash flows. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much, mate, it, it kind of was a journey from there from being a, between about 25 uh, to 28. I, I, I went really aggressively and grew my portfolio from I think it was about 7 properties to, uh, to, to uh, what was it? It was 18 by the time I was 28. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty aggressive kind of expansion there, Um, had a lot of growth uh, on the back of one buying really well with with what I was purchasing, but also in good growth corridors. I think the portfolio equity, um, even at that point, got up to about, I think it was up about two, just over $2 million, the passive income. Uh, The passive income was about, um, I think about $68,000 at a time uh, when I decided to to walk away from work, um, which was, I think I just turned 29 when I decided to do that.
0: Basically, you're financially free because your your portfolio is paying for you, you know, without you having to work. That's amazing.
1: It was awesome. And uh, essentially, yeah, so so I've I've kind of walked away from work. (laughs) back of that passive income I traveled for about six months and then um, kind of off the back of that that's when I decided to become a buyer's agent Uh, it really is my passion going out and and, and buying property and and buying property for other people and helping them along similar sorts of journeys to my own and and kind of helping people create financial freedom the way I did and um, probably I guess the really big thing with my journey was I I had a goal of, of 10 properties before I turned 30 and then when I hit that I think I was about 20 26 or 27 and it shifted, right? Like I changed, I changed the goal and so the goal goalpost moved to 20 properties before 30 um, and so I turned 30 in January this year and in December, um, I, I purchased myself a, a site that I'm developing into, into a duplex so I kind of essentially in my, in my opinion, I kind of rounded out the, the 20 <laughs> off that one. So, um, so yeah, man, I was, pretty, I was pretty pumped with that.
0: To be able to build a property portfolio with over 20 properties before the age of 30 is seriously impressive. And we find out about the mindset that allowed him to achieve that.
1: I think what it was, I had around about that 25 to 26 uh, period, where, you know, I was kind of around that 25, 26 years of age. I had a few kind of life, uh, you know, things that happened in my life that kind of completely flipped what I was looking to do. It was a career that I wanted to go down that I kind of got shut off from me and um, and, and so pretty much what was left was my passion for property. and so what I decided to do was stick with the job that I wasn't happy in, but that was providing an okay salary and leverage that to go as hard as I could with property. So I had done a huge amount of research over those pretty much since I bought the first one, I got bitten by the bug of the renovation and the pulling out the equity. And I did a huge amount of research in those ensuing years. And it was essentially in that time that I kind of formulated, I pulled everyone's different strategies together to create my own. And it was pretty much from that, that really when, when I made the mindset shift that, you know what, I'm going to go for this, I'm going to go as hard as I can to hit these goals, create the passive income to do what I want and, and essentially live life on my, on my own terms, that, that was pretty much what it was for me, making, making that decision that I was just going to go for it. And uh, I'd, I knew I'd already upskilled with everything with, um, I guess, with personal development, with how I was going to do it. And I had, the, I had the time with, what I did was I never took holidays uh, in the sense of I never traveled overseas or anything during those years. What I did was if I had four weeks a year of leave, I would go and renovate properties. And so I'd force substantial value on those properties um, or I'd go out and do a scouting trip as well. And I would just focus all my time into, into trying to find these deals. And renovate those deals, and that's essentially where I was kind of creating the equity, and, and essentially then recycling it out into more deals. And uh, mean, I went through a lot of different things. I, I've done strata titling and subdivisions, and, and, and granny flats, and, and you know all these different things that created good equity and good good cash flows. And essentially, that's what it was. Man, I was just kind of continually formulating and reinventing, and just you know doing everything I, I could to do it. So.
0: We learn about an incredible moment that happened recently. That was years in the making for Gordon.
1: When I first started reading, so like I started way back when reading all the property mags. Back when I first bought that Wollongong investment at nineteen, I just I got my hands on as much content as I could get, and. in in your investment property every year coming into into the new year they'd award investor of the year and I remember when I turned 20 that was the year like when I first read probably that edition winning the inaugural uh, sorry that that award back then and I remember just being like you know what that's like that was one of my goals as well I'm like that's what I'm gonna win and I'm gonna win it before I before I turn 30 Um, that was all part of this big plan right of what I wanted to do so that was essentially it and then and then yeah so it was it was this year it was a funny story Tyron, because my I had a couple of mates that kind of wrote in for me and said oh look you should get in touch with this guy Um, because I knew I was running my business as well and they go man it's gonna be mad if you win this thing like that's gonna be awesome and I was like I didn't really like people knowing my portfolio though. Like most of my mates didn't know. They thought I had a couple of properties, own my own home, that was it. And um, and then when they contacted me, I sent all my info in and then I had to verify it with all the, you know, the land rates and, and then the rental incomes, you know, ledgers and show everything. And then, mate, I didn't hear from them for like two months and I didn't even think about it. For the first couple of weeks, I was like, oh, like I was really excited. Oh, I hope I get the call. I forgot about it, man. I got busy with work. And then all of a sudden, I got this private number call me and I was just like, you know, g'day, Sam from Australian Property Scout. like, oh, Sam. Like, yeah. And I'm like, you've won, a, you've won Investor of the Year. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, man, it, it, I just wasn't expecting it. And it, um, I don't know, maybe that was cool, you know, even better. Though. I wasn't expecting it. And um, yeah, it was it was awesome man. I, I was pretty pumped to win it.
0: We find out just how much has changed since you won the Investor of the Year award
1: it was definitely an influx to the business. <laughs> there was definitely a lot of people that kind of, um, I guess, wanted to work with me and I guess leverage the same things that I'd done in my own portfolio and help them do the same things. So that, that was great, man. O- honestly, it's my passion. I, I literally do it till, you know, when I wake up in the morning till I go to bed at night, like it's just, I just do it at all hours. So that, like that, it's been awesome that people can kind of, I guess it's the credibility that comes with that, the fact that, you know, I won that award and then it, 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 I think it makes people feel more comfortable working with me because they know I'm someone that's, that's done essentially what they want to achieve. So, um, that was the big one that came with it, mate. And uh, I think just a little bit of, I think I finally stopped at that point and thought, you know what, man, like I ha- maybe you did all right. <laughs> maybe I did all right out of it. So
0: He shares with us the two properties he needed to achieve his goal of 20 properties under the age of 30.
1: Essentially, what it was was... I have a lot of different avenues in my business that, that I'd go down and, and help other people with. And essentially what it was, was we were, we were looking for a few development sites for my clients. I'd sign I kind of signed on a, a bit of a bunch to cover through at once to, to acquire a site um, or multiple sites. And that, that was essentially how it came about. Um, we got a massive discount on, on a fair few parcels of land uh, for different clients and, and myself. And I essentially just bought a couple of them, same price as the clients. And it was just like the, the, the deal stacked up and, and there was actually a couple left over and it was more than I was kind of, um, you know, planning to put into the last couple of properties, you know, obviously development sites aren't, aren't cheap and, um, and obviously did construct on it as well. And, but that they were there, mate. I got offered them at the same, at the same money, which was a great price. And I just decided to pull the trigger on those as well. Cause it, it was a funny thing when I started the business, I was doing so much research, but I didn't have all that many clients on my books. And I still don't, I, I don't like my business. I'm not a huge organization, right? Like I love being almost, I kind of like to bend like the term boutique. I, I don't have a huge hand, you know, huge load of clients, pipeline of clients. It's, it's manageable. And I love that. And, but what it means is that quite often is that deals will come through and I don't have anyone for them. <laughs> so if I don't have anyone for them, sometimes I've just got to buy it. Right. Like but that's essentially what it was and like it, it was just the opportunity was there. Um, I'd almost like half, not half forgotten about the goal, but I just like, I was more focused on, on my clients and trying to get them the best deals that I could. And then it just almost fell into my lap at the same time I was doing these deals for these. It was, it was four other clients going through at the same time. Um, and yeah, it just, it just made sense, mate. So I pulled the trigger on it.
0: So tell us a little bit about these sites that you purchased. You said the development sites. What can you do on them?
1: So essentially what I do and I, I've done this for probably close to, t- to 10, 10 years almost since the second investment was the same one as these. So I'll either source. A, the block's got to be significantly below market. And typically the way I do it is I'll, I will source it off market through a developer and I've got developer relationships in certain areas. And essentially what they do is when they're releasing a stage, the easiest thing they can do is pre-sell a bunch to me just to clear their books and then they'll put the other ones on market at a higher amount and then they don't care. They can let them sit there for a while because they've cleared out what they needed to complete complete that stage. And so, yeah. And so essentially, a lot of the time, it's those that we pick up and sometimes they can be, like we're talking, I don't know, $250,000 Two hundred and fifty to $350,000 is the block price and then we're developing either single homes or duplexes on them um, and yeah mate like the the upsides on them are, are quite significant I've done this is my fifth one that I'm going through now so uh, it's definitely not my first radio and we're we're definitely um, you know getting some getting some really good margins off these as well.
0: Gordon goes into more detail about his developments and tells us the kind of margins he expects to get out of it.
1: Typically, if we're doing if we're doing the full the full just is a specy build right like a, a standard sort of you know 200 250 square meter home and we're typically either keeping them and renting them or flipping them back to the market depending on the, the client's brief um we're typically doing them for say sub 600,000 and they're and they're pulling over 700,000 dollars on a sale price or a reval um and then sometimes we're going in, if we go down the duplex version you're looking more towards seven 700,000 or over um but we're pulling revals or, or end sale prices over 900,000 so we're making quite good Margins on on these deals, I don't do heaps of them. You know, if I'm being completely completely transparent, mate, I don't do heaps of them. I normally take on a bit of a a couple of clients will sign on in a row, and when I have a certain amount, that's when I'll I'll I'll, I'll kind of create my um, hit up my contacts and. But it's it is one form of the business that and one form of my personal portfolio that I've done really well with, and it's just a sup like it's. I remember last time we spoke about my Trident formula and and half of them are the the really strong below market buyers uh, with good cash flows in capital growth locations. That's one form of it. And then there's the positive cash flow deals, which are essentially what you need to retire. You need the big cash flow deals. But then on the back end or as if you need chunk deals, um, then we'll go and we'll go down that development arm. They're not for everyone. They're not for when you first start out, but when you need those chunk deals to uh, to essentially pump some 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 funds back in the portfolio, that's when we'll go down that avenue and and throw those in as well.
0: Gordon explains about the typical time frame between selling on a development site to when you can expect to get rental income.
1: Typical turn- time like turnaround time frame is typically up to about 12 months, but that includes so typically we'll purchase them just before they they register. Um, if you're taking everything new equation, if you're not selling, if you're holding, we typically get them done to about eight to nine months. Um, if if you do look to, to sell, then typically it is over 12 months to go through that whole process. But it's as you say, mate, it's not for everyone. Most of my clients, when they come through, are starting their portfolios, or they've only got a couple of portfolio uh, properties and they, they're trying to build it out. I will always say, let's build the foundations first. Let's get the, the foundations exactly right. Let's then put some high cash flow deals in there, and then let's look at some chunk deals to either accelerate pay down. Or to what see what I love to do is is I'll do them and then I'll keep rolling that development money that I put in, keep putting that into more deals. But the profits that get spit off, I'll go and put that into high cash flow deals or into the foundation properties. Um, and that's that's but that's once you're a few deals in. You, you definitely start with that. But that's that's honestly how you can just keep rolling when you get to that point. You can honestly just keep it, keep it moving. Cause especially if you're using those cash profits and putting it straight into a high cash flow deal. Like it's, it's, you know, you're going into a 70 or an 80% lend on a unit block or a house and granny pulling nine to, you know, some of my, some of my unit blocks are 10, 11%. A lot of my granny flat deals are 9% yields. Mate, that is, that is 15 to 20 grand a year positive all day long.
0: Coming up after the break, we'll delve into how Gordon was able to help one of his clients build his property portfolio.
1: We literally just kept repeating it and uh, the, I think in about 9 months, he's on to his 6th purchase now.
0: What are you seeing happening in the property market at the moment?
1: Definitely in the markets we're in, the markets are still running hot and we're um, we're definitely working really, really hard to, to keep the good deals coming.
0: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. A lot of beginner investors might be wondering how they can find a good deal. Gordon delves into some of the strategies that will help.
1: Majority of our stuff especially at the moment with with COVID and whatnot, so like I reckon at the moment, we'd be doing 70 to 80% of our deals are off market. So it's it's agents coming to us. So I've got a huge amount of connections all over the country where I've invested for personally for myself and, and for clients as well and essentially a huge volume of that is coming through off markets. And essentially what it is, is an owner is much more willing, especially, you know, with COVID and all the rest of it. And if the tenant doesn't want to go to market, like doesn't like, like, I don't know, I don't want to do opens and all the rest of it. Um, sometimes the agent will condition them and say, well, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it makes it quick, easy, transparent for everyone. And they're like, look, if you don't want to take it to market, um, we have this buyer. They literally will do one inspection. We'll, we'll, we'll suss out the numbers first. If the numbers work, it will be one inspection. And then the deal is done. And essentially like, the perfect thing, the thing that works really well for us is the simple fact that there's no competition in that sale and a lot of the time the seller's like, you know what, for the ease of a, of a transaction that's done, it doesn't have to go to market, we don't have to pay for advertising, we don't need to upset the tenant, We, you know, potentially then walk out and then a three-month campaign with no rent. Um, all these different factors that typically a vendor or a seller has to deal with, we essentially will take that out of the equation but in... In, in I guess um, in exchange for maybe a 10% plus off the purchase or, you know, off off what is fair market value. So that's where we're getting ridiculous value for clients at the moment. And uh, some of those are up towards like we're settling and, and quite literally, man, I'm talking, I'm talking very close to capital cities. We're settling and getting, um, you know, 15%, like getting a reval and we've made 15% in 90 days from what we settled the property for. And then they're pulling that money back out and we're rolling it in with a 10% deposit on the next one. And I've I've got clients that have honestly came in came to me with one deposit, and within within twelve months we've purchased three properties off that one deposit. Um, and there's uh, you know I've got other clients that've come to me with with two deposits, right, like a hundred thousand dollars, and we've purchased six properties in about eight or nine months, um, literally just rolling and rinse and repeating that strategy. It all comes down to, to purchasing the property for a really really good price, and. Um, Essentially, that's—I mean—that goes back to me being a small boutique agency again, right? Like I'm, I'm not huge, so I can focus really on making on making sure each deal fits that criteria for each client, and then it's, it's just a repeatable process, mate. The same way I did it with mine, so it's—it's it's, yeah, it's working really well.
0: <laughs> Gordon reiterates the importance of making money as you come in, rather than waiting for your property to grow in value.
1: Especially in a market like now, like if you were waiting for growth before you went to your next one, and you bought at the end of last year at earliest you're probably waiting to the start of next year, right? Cause we're not seeing any, we're not going to see any very slim chance of any huge gains or 10% gains, right? Where you can pull that money out and go again. So if we're still buying into those growth locations, but making that margin, you know, any, anyone that tells you, you, you know, you pay market value in, in a strong growth location, I honestly think they've probably just got too many clients on their books and they're not willing to work hard enough to do it. Cause I'm telling you, man, we're doing it every week. We're doing it for clients and it's, uh, it's definitely possible. (laughs) It's just, it's just putting in the hard work and, and getting those deals come through.
0: We hear more about one of Gordon's very successful clients and how he was able to help this client build their portfolio.
1: I've got a lot of clients with similar stories, but he came to me with with he probably came to me right at the very start um, of when I kind of started, you know, or I guess started the business and, and he wanted to kind of ramp up his journey. He'd come from another buyer's agent who'd paid market value for a similar property, and he said, "If you can beat this, I'll, I'll buy as many properties as you can bring me." And essentially, this other buyer's agent literally had paid three seventeen for a property. Um, and the street behind it, three doors down, we bought the same one for 280. So 317 to 280, it was $38,000 difference. And I found it, I think, in in three weeks. And he said, "Man, I'm a client for life." And I was like, "All right, well, let's do it." And, and he, he had, he came to me with, he, he had two deposits, right? Um, so he had he had about $100,000. He only wanted to go. He was happy to go 10% deposits, to 90% lens. Um He had decent servicing, and he essentially said, "Look, how, how do we how do we scale this? How do we take it?" And I said, look, what we'll do is we'll find this first property and then while that's going through settlement, we'll find you another one. And then essentially what happened was as that second one settled, the first one was coming very close to being a 90 days um, since we settled it, right? So in that, after the 90 days, we were able to get another bank valuation. We got it valued at $335,000. We paid 280 for it. So it's $55,000 equity sitting in that deal. He was able to refinance that back out and fund another purchase. Now, the second one we bought, by the time we funded the third purchase, we tapped into the equity that was very similar numbers, and he's funded that into the next one. And essentially, by the time we got to that one, we literally just kept repeating it. And uh, I think in about nine months, He's on to his sixth purchase now and, and I convinced him to maybe look down the avenue of looking towards some, some cash flow because uh, <laughs> like these were all, so we we're paying 280 to 290 per property for these solid sort of deals. Some were in Brisbane, some were in Adelaide um, and he was making anywhere between about uh, $35,000 to $55,000 on each of these deals. And um, actually it was more, I think it was about forty to forty five to fifty five each of these deals, like, like good chunks, right? And then, um, but the cash flows were sitting at about, between 350 360 a week so still decent right like six and a half plus percent yields but um but after he bought six of them uh we i said to him look it might be time to maybe look for for a high cash flow deal let's go out let's do a house and granny um and we've got that going through at the moment and uh it's it's i think he was running the numbers on it last night because we did some updated numbers because the house it's settled so the house was rented rented for more than what we thought which is excellent um and the granny flat's about to be rented we just signed a lease on that as well so i think it came out about $15,500 uh, fifteen and a half thousand dollars a year positive um, on that and that's at a 90% lend. like that's not a, you know, that, that's not a you know putting in 100 grand into the deal Like he literally put like 50 grand into the deal or something and, and he's getting that sort of uh, that sort of return. so he's, he's stoked and he's, he's just ready to keep going.
0: <laughs> to gain a better perspective on how he was able to build this portfolio, we hear about how he funded all of his investments.
1: He's married, uh, and his wife, like he and his wife. I think, I think maybe, I think he earns about one hundred and fifty. I don't think the the wife earns, um, you know, crazy figures. I'm not exactly can't remember exactly what the, what the wife earns. Um, yeah, but it's it's honestly, mate, it's it's not crazy figures. Like they came to me with a hundred thousand, which you think about, most people would have, most people would have two three hundred thousand dollars equity sitting in their home. So to pull out a hundred thousand dollars, you know, of, of equity or start it however you want but say a hundred thousand dollars in equity you'd probably only need a hundred thousand dollar eight really to start it you'd only need fifty to sixty thousand dollars probably not even mate i started my portfolio on 30 grand a year like it's, it's usually possible like i even when i was working my job and hit 18 properties the most i ever made was eighty five thousand a year i never made any more than that and i still hit that many right it's managing each thing as as we go and and for him i knew his servicing was strong enough to sustain Building that portfolio around growth and below market buying, and we could leverage it and keep building it. But then I knew we'd get to a point where let's throw a high cash flow deal in there to make sure the servicing stays strong. But essentially, that portfolio—I mean, interest rates are at record lows, right? But each of those deals, even those normal bread and butter—they're low maintenance houses. Most of those properties, and they're—they're all—they're um, all running at about three to four thousand dollars a year positive. But the granny flat deal obviously was a huge amount on top, so. Even if I think we worked it out even if rates went back up to I think they had to get to 6% before he ran neutral and then when he ran neutral, he had all the appreciation of all the properties so he'd probably still be 20 grand a year positive on that anyway. So, it's just, man, it's honestly, it's possible, man. It's just, it's just creating a strategy and then executing with the correct deals.
0: With everything that is happening in the world at the moment, it's hard to predict what's going to happen in the near future. But we learn what Gordon is hoping to achieve within the next 12 months.
1: Personally, I've got my little duplex going through. Um, I'm just fo- Personally, I'm just going to focus on that w- with my own portfolio. I don't think I'll ramp it up anything unless, mate, some crazy deals come across my desk and I don't have anyone lined up at the time. Unless something like that happens, I don't think I'm going to be picking anything up for myself. Uh, but, mate, it's, it's honestly just going to be focusing on, on clients Um Mate, I want more people like like this client of mine now. I want more people like that and build portfolios like that. I have a huge, like, this is, th- my client base is so varied, right? I have guys and, guys and girls in their young 20s through to, um, you know, 50, 60-year-old, you know, men and women and couples coming to me and I'm helping everyone. But I love I love being able to what I can do. I don't know. I just, I just love it, man. I really resonate with it. it it's a passion. It honestly is such a passion. Um, and I kind of thought, oh, I'll, maybe I'll do this for, I don't know, I don't know how long I thought because obviously i got the, the portfolio, right? I have an income there. And I thought maybe I'll just do this for five years and help people and see how it goes. But I don't, I don't see myself ever getting sick of it, man. I, I just absolutely love it. Um, being able to pull those results. And I think what I love about the boutique side right, as well is so many of these guys can just they just pick up the phone and call me and i think they get blown away when i when i answer the phone or they text me late at night and, and it's like 10 o'clock at night and I, I write back to them and they're like man i just wasn't expecting it like i was expecting like two days later to get a reply or something or or like you know maybe a subordinate to kind of you know jump on he, you know write back to me or whatever and i think i think yeah i'm just going to keep running this mate. i just i just absolutely love this side of things and and focusing on on building other people's portfolios it's it's a funny feeling right because it almost feels like Sorry, mate, have you, have you, obviously you played video games back in the day at some point. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, for you know, sure.
0: Said,
1: man, you know when you've played a game and you know and you know and you, you went through it right, and you made all the mistakes right, but you finished the level and then you go back like I don't know six months later and play that game again, and you know all the things, all the mistakes, and all the little pitfalls that's kind of like what it is now with with property like I've, I've, I've made the little mistakes on the way through and i can hold these people's hands on the way through and, and and avoid all those mistakes that's honestly like how i think about it like it's it's kind of cool like that like I can, no you're not you don't want to do that you don't want to do that like this is this is the path this is the you know strategy forward and it's kind of it's awesome man i love it
0: we get Gordon's prediction on what could possibly happen within the property market in the near future.
1: I can't 100% see what's going to happen at the back end of these holiday periods on people's loans coming off, um, JobKeeper ending, all that style of things. That is a thing that obviously people have to take into consideration that we don't actually know what's going to happen with it. But I can tell you right now on the ground, all the places that I invest, the stock levels on market are ridiculously tight. Now, if the stock levels on market are ridiculously tight and there's still plenty of people looking to buy, prices are not going to fall. Like, if anything, that's a precursor to them rising, right? Like, it's there's there's just no precursor at the moment that I'm seeing to, to prices going down. Um, combine that with ridiculously low interest rates, you know, record low interest rates. What what I hope is that if people have put uh, loans on on hold and stuff, they've saved any additional income in case, you know, in case the worst happens and they, they don't have a tenant at the back end. but for the most part, man, I'm seeing the same thing on the on the rental side as well. We're having no problems leasing leasing the, the stock that we bring to clients. What I always negotiate for, for clients is, is early access for our property managers. And nine properties out of ten that we that we'll bring that, that we have settled have a tenant lined up for the next day. Um, that's what I've always done for myself. I've always done for clients, and it hasn't changed in this environment. I I just can't personally, I don't see anything catastrophic happening you know all these people talk you know the banks releasing I, I can't even understand why the banks are releasing these reports reckoning what they what they is going to happen um you got I, personally yeah I, I just don't see it happening mate um if anything yeah definitely in the markets we're in the markets are still running hot and we're um we're definitely working really really hard to, to keep the good deals coming so that's my that's just my take on it but i guess we'll, we'll see what happens
0: you come back in 12 months and we'll say hey sam we right.
1: Well, I tell you what. One thing. One thing. I, I can't remember who interviewed me. Someone called me a few months ago when it first started, when the pandemic first kicked off, and they go, "What do you think is going to happen with the market?" And I said, "I reckon there's, there's, we've got like a month. We've got like, you know, maybe four to six weeks where the panic is everywhere and people will cut stock and and just for fear, right, the absolute fear of what's going to happen. They would. That was probably it. Was the busiest I'd ever been in the business of pe- both people coming to me finding deals and the amount of deals that were coming to me, it was unbelievable. The the, the absolute steals of some of these properties that we're getting because people were just panicking and they were just like, no, just want to sell it, just want to sell it. Um, And then a lot of stock cleared. A lot of people pulled listings off the market that didn't need to sell. And then all of a sudden, there was this massive shortage of stock. And that window, that, that immediate window that was there was gone. So now, like the next the next window of opportunity, right, is what I said before about finding the off-markets with the agents. But that window of opportunity that I called, <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> so I was really pumped with that. I realized, I was talking to one of my one of my good mates, this really um, heavy investor as well. And I, I kind of spoke to him about it a couple of weeks ago. He said, like, oh, shit, man, that, that did actually happen. So <laughs> we had a bit of a laugh about that one.
0: Thank you to Sam Gordon, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestor.com.